Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Eric Crocker Show. I'm your host, former NFL and AFL defensive back. And uh, I'm excited, man. Like, we're inching towards the San Francisco 49ers and Pittsburgh Steelers kickoff. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be in the building. Uh, we got the 49ers gold rush stuff with my guy, John Chapman. I'm going to be there live and direct as well. Today, we got a special episode. And uh, I know we didn't go at our normal time this morning. I was trying to find the Pittsburgh Steelers person, but we got two people. All right, Melissa and Jared Bailey joining us today. Uh, good evening to everybody. I hope everybody's doing very well. Uh, make sure if you haven't already, you guys uh, like and subscribe this video. All right, all right, all right, all right. We got people in the chat. Um, I saw Eduardo. He says, he says, when is Croc? I'll put it on the on the uh, screen here. When is Croc gonna go back to not doing the show in the on the from the kitchen table? Uh, man, still grounded. So I moved. Man, listen, I had this big house in Arkansas. I had hella space, hella rooms. I had my own office. I had my own little area. All right. And I moved back to Stockton, seriously downsized. I mean, I'm talking about going from 3,500 square feet to like 1,100 square feet or whatever this is. So I ain't got the space, man. Eventually, I will have the space. Eventually, I'll have the space and I'll be back to not having my daughter behind me when I'm recording the podcast. You want to say hi? Hi. There you go. All right. My daughter's sugar chain right there. All right. So you're going to have to put up with the kitchen in the background for a little bit, man. All right. So, you know, you know what I'm saying? Chill out, man. Stall me out for just a little bit. All right. Anyways, y'all didn't come on here to hear me ramble about this, that, and the other. Y'all heard, came on here to talk about Brock Purdy versus Kenny Pickett. And uh, I thought there would be no better people to help me discuss this than my guy, Jared Bailey. Jared, how you doing today? I'm doing good, mate. It's good to see you again. Haven't like actually like talked to you face to face since like what January when we were yeah. in Mobile. But we were in Mobile. Uh, we stayed together at the uh, for the Senior Bowl. We did. So I think it's been since then since like I've actually interacted with you face to face, not just you know typing over the app formerly known as Twitter. But uh, it's right. good to see you, brother. How are you? It's good to see you too. And you're not the only guest today. All right, we also have Melissa. I'm gonna give Melissa the applause. I actually meant to give Jared the applause as well. But uh, I didn't get to it quick enough. So you, you get the matter of fact, there we go. We just got two of them, one for each of y'all. There we go. Uh, we are talking, I can't believe we're here. And this offseason has been crazy, especially for the 49ers. I don't know if y'all have paid attention to 49ers Twitter, but it's kind of been a lot of chaos going on. You know, you had the whole Trey Lance, Sam Donald thing, and Brock Purdy, and you had the elbow thing. And um, throughout all of that, there's a game that's about to happen. And a few months ago, the schedule release happened. And when y'all saw week one in Pittsburgh, you have the San Francisco 49ers coming to town. Jared, or we'll go Melissa because ladies first. Melissa, what were your initial thoughts when you said, ah, those 49ers week one? Well, I thought that was by far the hardest um, game on the schedule. And I didn't want to face them week one, but I thought, okay, well, I definitely don't want to face them later on in the season with fatigue, attrition, all of that stuff. So I was like, okay, week one, usually the Steelers, Tomlin, he has them ready for like our week one games. We beat the bills. We beat Cincy away both those years. And so I was like, you know what? He'll have them ready. We finally get a home game. We haven't had a home game in like eight, nine years. Um, so I was like, let's do this. You know, we're going to win, but I just knew I don't want to play Brock Purdy and I don't want to play against CMC, Christian McCaffrey. I don't want to deal with it. Um, but I also am stoked because a lot of my friends are Niners fans. So I'm like, let's do this. All right. And Jared, your, your thoughts when you saw, man, week one, San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. I mean, it's the hardest game on the schedule, you know, especially you know, outside of anything divisional. Um and yeah, most touched on it. It's the first home game to open up the season for the Steelers since 2014. So it's been it's been a minute since they opened up the season at home. Um, in terms of San Francisco, you know, the last two years the Steelers have opened up against Buffalo, Cincinnati, both games that they were kind of written off of winning and somehow won both games. Um, so in terms of the 49ers, like coming in, you know, Brock was absent most of the offseason because of the elbow. We saw a little bit of him in the preseason. Um, I'm not one who's like horrified of Brock Purdy. I think he's fine. He's not, he doesn't move the needle for me or anything. I don't think he's horrible, but I don't think there's, I think 
fans are more scared of, oh, okay, what's Kyle Shanahan going to draw up? I don't think there's any defensive coordinator laying in bed at night. But like, how the hell am I going to stop Brock Purdy? I think it's more of like, okay, what's Kyle Shanahan going to draw up? How is he going to scheme around the things that we do best? And how is uh, how are we going to counterpunch whatever he whatever they punch with on offense? So two really good units. I mean, the Steelers have three all pros on the defensive side of the ball, and they got better on that side of the ball. And obviously the 49ers offense needs no introduction. We know how good they are. Um, but uh, yeah, I think really evenly matched teams and it's going to be really fun. So it's good. I'm very much looking forward to the season kicking off. I'm excited that it's in Pittsburgh. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad that they're getting this out of the way week one, rather than it coming, you know, like week nine or something. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a question here from this chat. Shout out to Charlene Crossley in here. And it says, uh, ask them how they survived the TJ Watt holdout last season. And, uh, if you don't know, or anybody out there that doesn't know, Nick Bosa is currently holding out. Uh, as of right now, you know, at 5.09 Pacific on Tuesday evening, uh, there is no contract in place or at least signed. Uh, we don't know if he'll be able to play, but we have heard of T.J. Watt in the situation he dealt with where he held in, didn't hold out, right? Like he actually held in. He was around. He was in the building, but just wasn't participating in certain things. And boom, right before the week one, he ended up, playing in that game and he was good to go so i have two questions one how did y'all survive that what was that like especially for the fan base and two was he on any kind of pitch count during that time uh, uh jared i'll start with you yeah so that was what's 2021 because they opened up that year against buffalo and everybody and their mother on the team was going to bat for him on the podium like ben roethlisberger was like yeah i took less money so we so when i came back we could pay tj Watt. cam hayward was talking like hey let's pay tj and get this done so i don't think fans were ever necessarily worried that it wouldn't get done it was just a matter of when and no, then... that, that was last year are we sure i'm pretty sure it was no so it was last year they paid him and but it was like two days before we went into Cincy and then he tore his peck the fourth quarter against Cincy. This was last year. I could have sworn he got the extension before Buffalo, but regardless, no. I don't think anybody was worried too much about like, oh, man, they're, they're going to let go TJ Watt. It's not going to end well. Um, yeah. I think it was just a matter of, OK, when's this going to get done? Right. How much is it? How much is that money going to be? Um because everybody expected it, you know, to be the next thing. Like, okay, it's going to be, you know, highest rated, highest paid, blah, 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 non-quarterback. And it was, and he deserves it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was just a matter of when it would get done, not if. And, you know, he, he's continued to show that he's worth every dime of that. Mm-hmm. I think that's where the 49ers are right now, too. And if you would have asked me, really, you know, when the schedule was released, oh, well, there'd be an issue with signing Nick Bosa. I'd be like, yeah, absolutely not. Like, Nick Bosa, they'll make sure they prioritize that and – you know, once training camp comes around, they'll do just like they've done with other guys, whether it was Debo Samuel or, you know, Fred Warner, George Kittle. Those guys end up running out there right around the start of training camp and boom, they're good to go. They're ready. They hit the field running. I thought that would be the case for Bosa. They talked about how they had money put aside for Bosa and they had already figured that into cap situations, et cetera. We were either lied to or they were lied to, but somebody was lied to because right now, you know, with all the reports and you hear like Adam Schefter and those guys come out, they're saying, look, they're just kind of far apart. And it might be just the small details. I had someone in the, in my comments talk about how it's like, Croc, you got to learn more about the contracts. They're like, look, I don't care about the contracts. Just get the shit done. Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't care about the specifics. I, you know, and I'm not saying give him whatever he wants. Like, you don't want him to handcuff the team or hold them hostage, but how is it this difficult to get this contract done with the best player on your team? And the thing with it, too, is like, like what else would they be holding money for? Like the Brandon Ayuk extension? Like you can replace a receiver. You can't replace a top three edge rusher in the game. At least not 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 easily compared to how it would be to replace a receiver. I'm not trying to like knock Brandon Ayuk or anything. He's good. But Nick Bosa is easily the most valuable member of that team and give him the money he wants. I don't, I mean, is there a possibility though that his camp wasn't as forthcoming early on on what he was asking for? Because it sounds like the front office, they had planned for this contract extension. And then to hear right now going into week one that what last week was 4 million difference per year and now it's down to two. It seems like clearly 49ers did not 
plan for what he was clearly asking or him winning defensive defensive player of the year. Maybe that kind of threw a wrench in it and he upped his price. I just don't think that there was full transparency in the beginning on what he was asking. Um, and it looked like they cleared up some money today, right? With injury designations. Um, but but, see, I don't think that any of like, oh, we're going to clear up a couple million dollars here or there. I don't think that has any bearing on signing Nick Bosa. I mean, that, that contract is so like lucrative that yeah. I don't know if any like, like, oh, we freed up this amount of dollars. Well, that's going to help us sign Nick Bosa. Yeah. Nah, it, they have the money and again, it's not all due right now. I think maybe the bigger issue, and there was a tweet that I retweeted earlier today. Well, hopefully I haven't tweeted too much since then. So it'll kind of pop right up. But if you want to know real quick what the uh, TJ Watt contract is worth. So it says here, September 2021, four-year 112 is what he signed for when he signed the deal. So that's, mm -hmm. I assume Nick Bosa is going to want at least that, probably more. Um, look, you got it. Well, yeah, because Quinn and Williams, he just got his extension. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a few... A few yeah. interior guys got their yeah. their money too. Um, yeah. That's a big reason why Chris Jones is holding out as well. So I just, I just don't. I mean, maybe you probably know a little bit more about it, Clark. Like, what what other guys do they have on the brink that they need to sign? Like, what deals that are are coming up for them that they would be putting aside money for? So I'm glad you asked that. I'm actually going to bring this up on the screen right now. And I think this kind of puts into perspective what's going on with San Francisco 49ers. See if I can make this uh, a little bit bigger. There we go. Pause. All right. So shout out to Dave here. And he says, Christian McCaffrey's backloaded money kicks in next year. That's 28 million cap hit through 2025. And that's just for McCaffrey. And that's obviously uh, two seasons combined there. Then you have Debo Samuel's hit is 28.5 million. Jesus. George Kittle, 48 million over the next two years. Trent Williams has four year $120 million remaining. Armstead has two years $50 million remaining. Then you have Fr uh, Fred Warner, Hargrave, wow. and Ward. They all have big deals. Then it says, can San Francisco pay Nick Bosa? <laughs> it's yeah, like, that's... well, you, you would assume that, that like, that's been the priority this entire time. So it, it, it's, I, I understand all these guys have to get paid, but some of these moves, you just don't, whenever you make them, you know, like, okay, at some point we're going to have to sign Nick Bosa. And he's our. We've been knowing when he signs, he'll be the highest paid non quarterback ever. Like, we, you've we've known that, right? And I don't think it took the defensive player of the year award to know he was gonna have to be the highest paid. Like, right. even if it wasn't defensive player of the year, you know, the importance right. he, he has to this team. So, if you feel like you know, signing Hargraves or anyone else might make it tougher to sign Nick Bosa, then you probably just don't sign, make that signing because you have to get the Bosa deal done, yeah. And the Boses are the last group of guys that you really – because, I mean, when Joey came to the league, he had his infamous holdout too. So they're not afraid to miss games. They're not afraid of, you know, sitting out until they get exactly what they want. And both of them have shown that they're worth every penny. So that, yeah, Joey that is got crazy it. how much they have tied up in, like, Devo's – I did not realize Devo's cap it was that big. I didn't realize Kittle was going to be making. That is crazy. Yeah, I – yeah. And that's the, the problem sometimes when you backload uh, some of these contracts. All right, we're going to start getting into the game now. And uh, we have some questions here. But before we get into those questions, I definitely want to make sure that everybody, if you aren't already, download Underdog Fantasy or go to underdogfantasy.com. Use promo code Crocky. Listen, you have like two days left to be able to get the season-long odds in. If you don't get them in by then, uh, man, I don't know what you're doing. But I know I'm playing Underdog Fantasy I'm active. Um, anytime there's a game on, I'm playing. Even if I'm only putting like $3 on there for, you know, five guys, put that all together and, you know, make you like 60 bucks. So underdog fantasy. But when you go, make sure you use promo code Crocky and they will double your deposit up to $100. Uh, let's start to get to the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll talk about this game a little bit and then we'll get into the quarterback specifically and how they kind of, uh, you know, battle up against each other. We have a question here from my guy, Gavin. He says, are Pickens, and he meant Pickett, are Pickett's tiny hands big enough to carry a game? I think you meant Pickett, Pickett's tiny hands. George Pickens has fine hands. Um, yeah, so this is definitely a, 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 a Kenny Pickett question here no, with his tiny hands with the gloves. I mean, Kyler Murray has, has small hands too, and he launched a 
he has one of the best deep balls in the game. I don't think Kenny Pickett's ever going to be, you know, amongst like the best arms in the game, but can he be a quarterback in the tier of like, you know, the Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr at their peaks? I think so. Can he be like Dak Prescott at his peak? Maybe. Um, I've come around a lot on Kenny Pickett over the last year. I wasn't initially like a huge fan of the draft pick, but um, especially down the stretch last year, he showed a lot. So um, here's a fun fact for you, Croc. Uh, weeks 14 to 18, no quarterback higher EPA per play in the fourth quarter than Kenny Pickett. So the last hey. month of the, the last month of the year, he was just a savage in the fourth quarter. And he, two game-winning drives against the Raiders, the Ravens. Um, like I said, I wasn't initially on board with it. Do I think he's going to be a top five guy? No. But can he be like a top 12? Yeah, I think so. Ooh, see, that's good context. And we're going to get to more on Kenny Pickett in just a bit when we start to kind of dive into exactly who he is. I do have a question for you, though, Melissa. All right, and that question is, what is the Pittsburgh Steelers' best-kept secret? Is there someone on the defensive side of the ball, maybe a rookie? I think there's this kid. Uh, who, who is it? Herbig. Nick Herbig, the rookie. Ooh. Okay, where, where is he playing at? Um, yeah, he's on defense. What is he? Defense line? Rusher. Yeah. Um, he had quite the um, preseason. So it's no secret. Steelers played their starters basically all three weeks or whatever. Um, and he just, he broke out. Uh, we have this new player, Alandrin Roberts. He was a beast. So our, our you know, best secrets by far, probably our defensive line, our new players we added, we obviously added Kwan Alexander. Um, and, you know, I probably will get a lot of hate for this. Um, I'm a little concerned about our secondary still. Um, it's a new group that's playing together. I mean, we have Levi Wallace, it's returning, and we have Minka, but now we have Patrick Peterson. He isn't listed as our one yet. Um, we have Joey Porter Jr. He's listed as one. He's a rookie. Um, and then we have KZ as our safety. And so I'm just a little worried about that. And that makes me a little worried um, playing against Brock Purdy because I know we'll talk about Brock Purdy in a little while, but what Brock showed last year with his poise, his ability to read defenses, pre-snap count, all that stuff. Like he worries me a little bit with our new group, you know, in the secondary. Um, but I would definitely say our best kept secret has to be our D line. We extended Alex Highsmith, but we just, we added new players. We have this rookie. Um, when we start getting into injuries, we are loaded, loaded. Well, well here's a best kept secret for you. It doesn't really matter who your secondary is against the 49ers because Kyle Shanahan, I don't think he really cares to really throw outside the numbers or really attack guys vertically down the field. Uh, for the most part, what he's going to try to do is put your, like those middle guys in conflict. So those linebackers, you know, are they going to have good eyes? Where are their eyes going to be? I know there's a rookie around there. Uh, will he be able to get that guy to bite? Minka Fitzpatrick, understanding exactly where he's at because the 49ers like to throw in that area. He can really burn the 49ers. That's something I'm really worried about. But as far as your outside guys, if you're worried about them maybe not having the most like, continuity, the – that's not where they're really going to be attacked. At least that's what I haven't seen uh, from the 49ers, at least consistently. Obviously, you see a pass go there, here and there. But really more so what the 49ers try to do is everything is off of um, concepts, where yeah. it's like, all right, we want to high-low this guy, or we want to run the ball, manipulate where the linebacker's eyes are. Okay, um, mm -hmm. do, have you guys watched Suits? Mm -mm. No. Okay, so – it's a, it's a great show. Um, it just hit Netflix, so everybody's rushing to watch it. I watched it and then watched the rest on Peacock. All right, but there's this guy, Harvey Spectre, and he's he's great at what he does. All right, These, they're all lawyers. Well, one thing that they you see, like a, a big-time theme throughout the entire nine seasons that I watched, is somebody's always, like, there's some cheese. They try to throw the cheese out there and see if people take the bait. And in the 49ers offense, like, that's Christian McCaffrey. And obviously they will utilize him a lot, but they also want to utilize him to take your eyes to him and get as many eyes to him as possible. And then, oh, okay, everybody moved here. It opened up this window here, and boom, we're going to hit Debo Samuel in that window. Or we're going to throw it backside to Debo and have a catch-and-run opportunity. So for some of your younger guys that are out there, especially like on, at the linebacker group, 
And maybe Quan Alexander is coaching them up right now. Like, hey, don't you take this bait, all right? Just play everything honest. Don't start guessing. Because the moment you guess, that's when the 49ers do the thing that you're not really expecting to happen and you get hit big. But it's typically in that middle of the field kind of range so, for the most part. So today, Mike Tomlin had his press conference and he focused on two guys. His biggest focus was Christian. He is, they're game planning. They're ready for that. Like they know. And our weakness over the years has been the middle. Like we are run game. It's, I mean, teams have run down our throats. And so he said, like, we are planning for him. We know what he's going to do. He knows, he said, Kyle is brilliant. One of the best in the game. And so I believe they're ready for it. Like, um, I want to compare it to, and it's going to actually be too hard, but the Titans, we usually match up well with the Titans because we're ready for Derrick Henry. He has the fewest yards against them, but they didn't have a lot on the outside. I think they had A.J. Brown. That's my worry is Kyle is going to draw the defense somewhere like to Christian McCaffrey and then free up other players. So I trust Mike Tomlin, but that is a worry. Um, it just it sounds like he's focused really on Christian McCaffrey. Steelers did revamp the middle of their defense too. Like yeah. Completely new off-ball mm -hmm. linebacker group where Devin Bush isn't there anymore. Uh, they brought over Landon Roberts from Miami. They bring in yep. Quan Alexander, Cole Holcomb from Washington, um, and then Mark Robinson, who was there last year, but he's going to be mostly a special teams guy and come in mm -hmm. uh, if one of those guys goes down. So uh, each of them does something a little bit better than the other two. Like Holcomb's a little bit better in pass coverage than a Landon Roberts, but Roberts is better against the run. Quan Alexander's a little bit, you know, kind of that that Swiss Army knife where he can do a little bit of both. So having those three guys that completely revamped that, yeah. I want, I'm intrigued on how they're going to utilize Minka because I think that, I mean, Crocky you kind of pointed out, they're going to target the middle. Minka kind of thrives on, on just playing that center field role. So I'm wondering if they're going to kind of try to creep him down in the box a little bit more because it's going to be more of the intermediate stuff that Kyle lives and dies by. And they can maybe have Casey as help on the back end, or if they want to keep Minka, you know, kind of that center field role, they can bring in Keanu Neal's that box safety to have a little bit of extra help and coverage over the middle. So they have the guys where they can put guys in the middle. I think using Keanu Neal is kind of like a hybrid linebacker box safety and coverage is going to help them a lot too. So I think defensively, they're going to be fine. I think it's gonna be a low scoring game. What's the over under on this? Anybody know off the top of their head? Anybody in the chat know? Whatever it is, I'm betting the under. I think you're muted, Croc. You're muted. You're muted, Croc. You're muted. My bad, y'all. I got my daughter eating chips behind me, so anytime I can mute it, I'm muting it. But um, the over-under is at 41. I would take the under on that. Oh, my goodness. You're taking the under on 41, huh? No. That's essentially a 21-20 game. Yeah, those are, two, those are two of the five best defenses in the game, Croc. I feel like nobody's – and it's not yeah, like that. But listen – uh, what's his face is not playing. Like, let's just call Bosa. Bosa's not playing. He will. I not don't be. know what the 49ers defense is going to look like without Nick Bosa, because it, it really kind of changes the whole dynamic of the defense. They, they are you. The 49ers have terrific linebackers. Terrific. Yep. Drake Greenlaw, Fred Warner, like best good. tandem in the NFL. Like that's yep. how we feel. There are good players in the interior of that defense. But I don't know how much how free they're gonna be moving, and you know, obviously, like a lot of pressure is gonna be on them without having Nick Bosa out there. So you go from having Nick Bosa, Armstead, Hargraves, and what that looks like, pretty dominant D line. To you, okay, you have Armstead, okay, you have Hargraves, but okay, it's Drake Jackson and Cleveland Farrell that you have to count on to get pressure. And, and then, then on the back end, 49 aren't the most athletic back end team, like. The, you know, Diamondo Lenore, they're, they're not fast. Yeah. They, they are playmakers. Uh, I think they they are sound with their responsibilities. But I think a lot of that comes from just, hey, we know Nick Bosa is going to get there. We can kind of sit back, play our defense, and we're good. But if you don't have a pass rush there, and I'd anticipate not being much of a pass rush without Nick Bosa in there, that, that scares me a, a little bit, to be honest. And that's a fair point to have and fair worries to have. But the Steelers only scored 30 points one time last season. So yeah, I'm, not, I'm not completely going to sit here and say, oh, no, Nick Bosa, Kenny Pickett's going to throw for 350 and four touchdowns. I'm not, I'm not willing to commit to that. So, you know, 
I'm more of a realist than an optimist, but last year is significantly different than this year. And sure. you got to give the Steelers a little bit more credit. We revamped our own line. Look at our run game. We have Najee and then we have Jalen. Jalen is just going to eat defenses alive. He's fast as hell. And then we have Kenny Pickett has developed this connection with Pickens and has Deontay Johnson in the middle of the field with Pat. Like, I, I really don't like a lot of the disrespect surrounding our offense. Yeah, Matt Canada is suspect. Like, he is, in my opinion, our weak link. However, um, just like you even mentioned before, our two-minute drills. When he's calling audibles, when Kenny has command of the field and that ball, he makes plays. So yeah, great. We didn't score more than 30 points last year. We also had a trash O-line, completely trash. Najee couldn't do a whole lot. And now we're using a lot more receivers. So listen, I think it's going to be higher scoring. I think Nick Bosa not being in there is a game changer. That right there is the game changer, especially from what um, Croc was saying. He, it's just, there's a lot that they're going to have to manage a lot, especially with the run game and the passing game, like he had mentioned, but Steelers, like I said, I'm a realist. They're going to be scoring a lot more points. And right here you see, uh, so Hufunga has been dealing with something, some kind of cyst thing going on somewhere. All right. And it wasn't something that I was like overly aware of. And then I just recently saw it and I was like, wait, hold on. What's going on? Was Ward. Or, uh, sorry, Fred Warner. Someone had it on his knee. Was it? Yeah, well, Hufunga is dealing with something as well. Jeez. Oh, yeah, so the huh. 49ers kind of have some some things they're working through. And I feel like, you know, like those type of things, like, okay, he'll be out there. I mean, I am more worried about, like, George Kittle. Will George Kittle be out there? He's been dealing with uh, an injury. I think they gave him, like, last week off. And then it's like, all right, come back Monday. Uh, yesterday he was... And Monday, he was working out on the side of the field, wasn't necessarily practicing, and I think they had today off. So then tomorrow, we'll find out more about what's going on with Hufunga and his knee. And um, we see right here, it says uh, Hufunga is fully cleared. So uh, hopefully, Hufunga and Kittle, those guys start to get cleared. I want to get to some of these uh, super chats real quick. And we got the 49ers Empire says, the three games I've been waiting for uh, this week one uncertainty, or the, th the three Games or things? Uh, uncertainty, knee Brock 100%. Uh, two, or you say week one, knee Brock 100%. Second game he's looking forward to is the Ravens on Christmas. And then the third game, the Eagles, for obvious reasons. So, um, yeah, those are all games. Trust me. I'm, the, I like that he mentioned the Ravens because I feel like the 49ers-Ravens game has been getting a little bit like disrespect. I won't say disrespect, but 49ers are very confident. Like, I'm obviously the season will have to be played. But right now, it's just like, oh, the Ravens, yeah, like, they take care of them. I'm like, wait a minute. Have the Ravens changed? I mean, they, they're always an extremely competitive team. They play well. And if Lamar Jackson plays his full year, I mean, he's a guy that can, out of nowhere, just be the MVP candidate. So that's not a game I'm overlooking at all. But I like new, They have a new offensive coordinator. So, and, it, you know, he's got a lot more receivers to throw to. So I'm in, interested to see how the Ravens do on offense if Lamar can stay healthy. I'm seeing with camp right now, he, it's frightening. I never really take them seriously because our games are low scoring Steelers, Ravens, like that's what we do, but I just can't ever sleep on them. You, you just, especially with the new offensive coordinator, I think Lamar is going to be scary. It got weird to me though. Like, like all of their top contributors, like there's giant question marks around their health. Like hundred percent. Odell Beckham on the wrong side of 30, his laundry list of injuries. We don't know if he's going to last the entire season. Lamar hasn't finished the last two seasons. Yep. Uh, Rashad Bateman is a constant question mark. I like the addition of Zay Flowers, but yep. even on the defensive side of the ball, Marlon Humphrey's hurt. Rocky Sins yep. hurt. Like they don't have anybody, anybody at corner. Kyle Hamilton's right. fun, but he can't, you know, play all three positions back there. So I don't know. I think, I think Baltimore could like sneakily disappoint some people. Mm -hmm. And then we have here my guy Gammon. I think Gammon's trolling me. He says, Purdy should agree to uh, a pay cut to sign Nick Bosa uh, is what Tom Brady would do. I don't think. Here too. Brock no, Purdy's making like $19 this year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, two years. Gammon is definitely trolling there. He's definitely trolling. All right, here we go. Uh, let's get into it, man. Uh, I'm excited to kind of talk about this this battle between Kenny Pickett, Brock mm -hmm. Purdy, and what that potentially might look like. Uh, I would say as 49er fans and kind of getting a pulse of them, they're like, man, like, this is clear-cut Brock Purdy way better than Kenny Pickett. But I want to start with you, Melissa. 
and just get your initial thoughts on, okay, you guys drafted Kenny Pickett. And yep. right away, I mean, you talked about the offensive line. That wasn't great. That made it difficult for the run game to happen. Uh, you know, you have some inconsistencies there with Deontay Johnson. And I know since then, they've, you know, uh, you have Pick Pickens that has a growing role in the offense. You have added Allen Robinson. You have Calvin Austin. He's come back for the second year. But just like what are your thoughts on going from year one, maybe what he needed? Jared talked about how he finished the season. And then we'll kind of I'll, I'll kind of throw the oop to transition us into uh, this year. But just your initial thoughts on you draft him and what you kind of saw from him last year. Uh, were you impressed by anything or were you like, okay, nope, I didn't care for this? Well, I was, um, I was, so I've never been a Mitchell Trubisky fan, but I was for him starting um, or I was for uh, Kenny Pickett starting. I did not like the game plan. Let's throw Mitch in for however many games until he completely ruins us. And so what happens? He played like shit and then they put in Kenny Pickett. So Kenny Pickett didn't have a lot of reps. Sure enough, Kenny Pickett his first throw interception. He threw the most interceptions the first couple games. So then I was louder. I was like, get this kid out of here. I'm over him. Like we suck. Granted, we obviously have a um, offensive coordinator who runs high school offense, jet sweep after jet sweep. He absolutely would, he had Kenny on a tight leash. And when Kenny made these plays or tried to force plays, that's when we didn't do too well. So I was not really on board until Kenny really showed what he could do towards the end of the season, like Christmas Eve, when he took control of the offense. Um, but I was really pissed off with the Steelers that they used a first round pick on him. Um, he would have fallen to the second round. We could have gotten someone else. Um, but this season, I feel a lot better because he's developed as a quarterback. He's had the snaps. He's been named QB1 early on. Um, and so I also think he's just been able to read a lot more with the pre-snap, and that killed him. He could not read that if he tried. Um, and his arm strength improved. Um, so I'm going to give him benefit of the doubt. I hope that Matt Canada opens up the playbook. We saw a lot, which was great during preseason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's preseason, but we saw a different offense than we've seen in years. Um, and so as long as Kenny doesn't force it and he's smart and Matt Canada doesn't completely stifle us, we're going to be, we're going to be fine. Um, but I was not on board with the pick last year. I was pissed. I was absolutely pissed. And I don't think he got the development he needed when he was just thrown in in the middle of the game, basically. Uh, Jerry, you talked about how he finished and you talked about some game winning drives there and really finishing strong. You said, you know, one of the best fourth quarter quarterbacks uh, down the stretch there, you know, going from how he started, do you think he was taking the necessary steps to, you know, kind of becoming the guy? And then we can kind of transition into this training camp where, all I'm hearing are these like glowing remarks on what Kenny Pickett is looking like out there. And then you get to see him. And I, and I read off the numbers before we started here. Let me go back to them and then, and then I'll, I'll get your take on this, but it's pretty impressive. And I know some people are going to say, Oh, it's preseason. I actually saw a comment already in the chat that said, Oh, the, the, the Steelers won the preseason bowl. All right. But you have to start somewhere and I think kind of starting to build that continuity for your young quarterback with the weapons and uh, coordinator. I think that's good stuff. So here are some facts from Kenny Pickett, and then we'll get into your thoughts on it, Jared. But visual proof of how excellent Steelers quarterback Kenny Pickett was during the preseason. All right. First in yards per attempt. First in first down percentage. A perfect 158.3 passer rating. Second in completion percentage, zero turnovers and multiple touchdowns. He certainly looks the part. And this was a guy who, uh, during that time, five drives in the preseason, five touchdowns. So, Jared, how confident are you in Kenny Pickett entering year two? I'm a hell of a lot more confident than I was last year. Um, so I was, I was in the same boat, you know, I thought, oh my goodness, they're drafting the kid from Pitt. They're drafting the story over the quarterback. Like yep. it, it irritated me a lot. Um, but you know, being in camp for a little bit and just seeing the night and day difference compared, you know, from this year compared to last year, um, he looks, he looks stronger. First of all, he put on a little bit of weight. He looks more poised in the pocket. That was another thing about Kenny last year. Like anytime he sensed any hint of pressure, he was running out of the pocket. He got happy feet. 
Um, he's he stayed more patient in the pocket, both in camp and the preseason. He kept his eyes downfield. Um, the Bills game uh, in the preseason was just really impressive throughout his for his his two drives. Um, it was a third down. Um, and he had just tried to throw to Allen Robinson, who was coming on a crosser, and it got broken up. And he came right back to Allen Robinson, who ran um, a little bit uh, a dig into the soft spot in the zone, and he stepped up in the pocket, kept his eyes downfield, ran to the right, hit a dot. Six yard gain for a first down. It's just little things like that that are just so much better. Um, and then the touchdown pass to F- Pat Fryer move. Like Matt Milano had his back to the line of scrimmage. And as soon as Kenny saw that, he threw it to Fryer move's back shoulder, knew that Milano wasn't going to be able to make a play on it unless he interfered with him. And that was, you know, resulted in a touchdown. So, um, like I said earlier, I don't think he's going to be Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. He doesn't need to be. If he is the 12th best quarterback, 12th to 15th best quarterback in the league, and everybody else lives up to their potential, the Steelers are a playoff team. And everything that I've seen, both in camp and in the preseason, uh, all of that adds up that I think that he is going to be that. Um, but yeah, in camp, man, he just he looks so much better. It was night and day. And I think a lot of that was because he knew he was the guy. There wasn't any sort of quarterback controversy. He, he just looks so much better. So I, I have a lot of optimism about what he can be in year two. So my co-host on Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock, he does a show with Matt Williamson. I know Matt Williamson, he's a he's a Steelers guy. Yeah. He said that he would take Kenny Pickett with the 49ers weapons over Brock Purdy. Absolutely. So you don't you don't oh, okay. So hold on. So so Melissa made a face to that. So Melissa, are you higher on Brock Purdy than Kenny Pickett? So I I watched every single game last year, 49ers game. And if the Steelers were playing at the same time, I made sure I went and watched it again. I was sold on Brock Purdy game one when he was thrown in there because he has football quarterback IQ. He is poised. He doesn't force it. Um, There is just something about him. He doesn't scramble when he's nervous. He just makes the plays. I think he can read a defense better than most quarterbacks that are playing. Like you see Justin Fields, he struggled. A lot of these young quarterbacks struggled to read a defense. He can read that very well. And so um, I don't want to say that last year was a fluke with Brock Purdy. I believe in Brock Purdy. I do. Um, I have to see more with Kenny Pickett. I I do. Um, I just, because like I said, Kenny Pickett's IQ wasn't there in my personal opinion last year. Um, Like Jared was saying, he forced a lot of things. He ran for his life. He was very um, impatient. And so, um, because of that, I wouldn't, I would prefer sometimes to have Brock Purdy with our offense, um, but we still have to see how Kenny does this season. I yeah, just I, loved what I saw. I loved what I saw with Brock. So, uh, so Greg Cosell said that Pickett was the best quarterback in that draft. What, what are your thoughts? When you see that, Jared, what are you, what are you thinking about that? Because that's, that's like, hey, he, hey, I watched, and we know Greg Cosell. I'm not saying everything he says okay. is Bible, but he's kind of the, the godfather of film. Sure. And he's saying, look, I watched Purdy, and I know he watched Purdy because he t- comes on KMBR, uh, the 49ers flagship radio station, and talks about him. I know he watched him. If he's saying Kenny Pickett was the best quarterback in that class, is that something that you're agreeing with? I think Sam Howell has a chance to kind of prove a lot of people wrong this year. I'm a big Sam Howell guy in Washington. Um, but, I mean, like you said, if Greg Cosell is saying it, then it, it does mean something. Yeah. I, I mean, like I I gave my feelings on Pickett coming out. I wasn't ginormous on him. He played in school for a long time, only had one really good year and a down year and a really bad conference. So I wasn't huge on him in school. Um, but in terms of, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, in terms of like the whole like Brock versus Kenny thing, like if you would have taken Kenny last year and put him in the 49ers offense, they get to the Super Bowl and they beat the Eagles if he stays healthy. Like assuming that, assuming that that's the case. Because, and if you take Brock Purdy and give him Matt Canada, I, I promise he's not doing what Kenny Pickett did last year. And I know the numbers weren't eye-popping for Kenny Pickett. Ten total touchdowns, nine picks. Mm-hmm. I will say this, though. If you go back and watch Kenny's first actual game action against the Jets when he came in, he threw three interceptions. All three of them were not his fault. All three mm-hmm. of them were catchable balls. That Chase Claypool dropped one. Pat Fryermuth dropped another one. I cannot remember who the other one was intended for, but... I think it was I think it was Claypool downfield where he kind of like gave yep. up on the ball or something yes. like that and, yep. and, and, and intercepted. I remember that, that. that was his first career throw, and he it was on a third down. And he said, "Fuck it, you know, might as well see what happens." Um, and so I think the numbers are a little bit deceiving there. Um, but yeah, I, 
I absolutely think that and it's not trying to bash Brock or anything, but I think there's a lot to say or a lot to the fact that, okay, he's got the best play caller and play designer of the last decade as his head coach, telling him everything that he needs to know and putting him in the perfect situation with basically the NFC Pro Bowl offense at his disposal. That's a hell of a lot more than Kenny Pickett had. At. I, I, think, I think we're going to see who the better quarterback is sooner than later. Yeah. Uh, we have a question here from Gammon. He says, Jared, are, what are the chances that either of these quarterbacks turn into a pumpkin versus taking the next step? And essentially what he's saying is, you know, we've seen some ups and downs from both these guys, really actually not many downs from Brock Purdy, to be honest. All right. But do you think that Brock Purdy continues on his trajectory that he's on, which is down near stardom? All right. Or maybe he kind of comes back down to earth. Some of his interceptable passes get picked off. That changes kind of the trajectory of some of those games that 49ers eventually won. Uh, you know, he had a great defense. Did the 49ers still have the number one defense while he started? They also had the most takeaways in the games, you know, setting up short field positions while he started. If that comes back down to earth, do you think we see a different version of Purdy? And you, we could say kind of the same for, I guess, Pickett, where he actually – started off as a pumpkin and then started to yeah. get better. So I guess this question might be more so about Brock Purdy. Do you yeah. see Purdy maybe coming down to earth just a little it's, bit? It's almost certain he will come back yeah. down to earth. Um, and again, that's not saying that he's going to be God awful. I don't think he's going to be terrible, but to con con continue on this, you know, trajectory that he was on, like it's, it's almost certain he's going to plateau a little bit and, you know, be, I think that his ceiling is a more active in terms of like running around. Like I think he can be like Jimmy Garoppolo off platform, just better at doing that stuff. And I mean, the 49ers got to the Super Bowl with that. And if Brock Purdy can be a little bit more athletic version of that, then great. Um, but I think that, I think that Pickett will continue to get better. I think Brock will plateau a little bit. I, he has, I mean, yeah. I mean, he was, like we said, he was, pretty damn good last year. Um, so I guess really quick though, I have a question for you, Eric is I'm seeing a lot of the stuff from camp. He's throwing four interceptions, five interceptions. Like, what is that? Is that just because it's been a cycle of quarterbacks through training camp and he's just not getting consistent reps? Is it still the elbow? Is it just, is, are things getting in his head because it's been an absolute circus? Like that's also my concern. Yeah, no, he, he actually, anytime he was practicing, he got 100% the number one reps okay. at, at quarterback. So um, if you looked at the amount of reps that he was getting after the practice, you know, you have guys like Matt Mayuko, Matt Barrows, mm -hmm. and they, um, you know, have like a tally with how many, you know, first team reps these yeah. guys got, or not even just first team reps, just reps in general. Mm -hmm. It was by far more than anyone else. Just his overall reps, way more than anyone else. And then his reps with the ones, clearly he took all of yeah. their snaps. As far as the interceptions go, because he had like you hear different things, yeah, from different people, right? To maybe either be upset about it, or you hear other guys try to justify it. Um, I think for me, I would ideally like him to be a little cleaner than what he was, and my reasoning for that was I didn't think he played necessarily clean in the games last year, so. Um, a big thing for me was not having the interceptable passes, right? And the 49ers got away with some of them last year that were just dropped. And I thought that, like, man, like, that's cool. Okay, 49ers win, great. Going into the offseason, you know, it's like, all right, can he, can he just get a little bit better with not putting the ball in harm's way? And then you just hear all these reports of putting the ball in harm's way, putting the ball in harm's way. So uh, we are just talking about practice. He could potentially just be trying to work on something. Hey, can I fit the ball here? Can I fit the ball there? Uh, there were some things that I watched in practice that worried me. Okay. But only to the extent of maybe that's just not a strength of his. Mm -hmm. So, like, throwing the ball down the field. I mean, he underthrew several goal balls. I mean, I went to a bunch of practices, and I would say I watched him underthrow about four or five goal routes. Like, severely underthrow. Mm -hmm. But – the 49ers offense doesn't have to be predicated on throwing the go route. So what does he do well? When things are in front of him, 
really uh, reading extremely well. Melissa, you talked about it, like how well he gets the ball, you know, out of his hands. He can read a defense pre-snap, post-snap. I think he understands where to go with the ball in that kind of like that five to ten yard range. I think when he has those ten to twenty yard crossers that Kyle Shanahan is going to dial up, like he's going to hit those and be very consistent. Matter of fact, he was the best ever at it uh, in his stretch of games that he played last year. So there are definitely like some strengths that I'm not worried about. Again, the things that I am. Really, and it's not even just the goal route. Because you'll hear 49 fans, he doesn't have a big arm. Uh, you know, look, the, the goal route ball doesn't have to be part of their offense. Like, they're not the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Pittsburgh Steelers, traditionally, with Ben Roethlisberger and some of those guys, like, they're going to take shots. I watched the Steelers in the preseason game, that last one. Kenny Pickett, he took shots. I saw the goal ball to Deontay Johnson. I said, God damn, that's probably Deontay okay. Lenore. Over I'm a little worried about that. Then I saw the goal ball to uh, to. George Pickens, and he dunked on the DB, and I'm like, damn it, that's Riley Traveris Ward. All right, but regardless of all that, that's not the 49ers offense. They're yeah. going to work underneath, and I think that he sees the, the field well there. Can you trick him? And I think that's just bound to happen because he's still very young and youthful in his experience at the NFL level. Uh, can he keep the ball out of harm's way while going through that process? That's what I would like to see, and I don't know. And I know that's kind of a long way. You asked me, Melissa, you asked me about Am I worried about the interception in practice? I guess, yeah, it's a long way of me saying, yes, I am I am worried about it because I, I saw that yeah. turning that way in the games. Yeah. Got a little lucky, starting to pop up in, in practice. Will it be something that we see happen week one when McKivitz is protecting you and you got goddamn TJ Watt rushing off that edge and now everything's a little bit more sped up? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think it's going to be a shootout, actually, the more we talk about this. Jared says, no, Jared says take the under on 41. You know, I know it's going to be over. I mean, it's. I think it's going to be over 41, but I just, I think two different offenses, two different styles of offense. So I'm just interested to see everyone does because your defense is still loaded, minus Bosa. I, I just, I don't know. I think it's just going to be back and forth, lots of points. Christian McCaffrey, I'm worried, is going to just run down our throats at some point, but we'll see. He scares me. I, I have uh, a couple comments from Green Glassful, and I'd actually like to kind of respond to these. But he says, uh, and he's talking about Brock, he says he has nothing in common with Jimmy Garoppolo. I think they actually have a very lot in common. Uh, I think the way that they win in the sense of, like, the areas they want to throw the ball to are very similar. I think when you look at uh, his scouting report with him coming out of college, they highlighted, you know, hey, you know, if he goes to an offense – that allows him to, you know, use play action and get the ball out in timing and rhythm. He can be good in that type of offense. I think that's what he's in with the 49ers. I think that helped Jimmy Garoppolo as well. Um, I think the thing that makes them not the same is Brock Purdy moves better. He moves better and he can create uh, a play outside of structure. And that wasn't necessarily a big strength of Jimmy Garoppolo. But outside of that, in the sense of where they, you know, excel throwing the ball, and how they're going to win on a play-to-play -play basis, it actually is more similar than I think 49er fans would like to admit. I did think, sorry, just I, I don't mean to hurt 49ers fans' like feelings, but I will never forget that ball Jimmy threw to Emmanuel Sanders in the Super Bowl. That was uncharacteristic, and that was just trash. And I could not believe that. And so sometimes – Why did you have to bring that up? I know, but I'm saying like – But that's the thing is either that was a Kyle Shanahan issue or that was Jimmy G uncharacteristic because in my opinion, that was just terrible. That game would have been over. Yeah. And that was just terrible. So some, I just don't give Jimmy a lot of credit. I just – I don't. I, I, you say that game would have been over, and I think most people feel like the 49ers were that throw away from winning. But the very next year, I watched Patrick oh. Mahomes – get down the field with 13 seconds. So there was much more than 13 seconds on the clock when that throw happened. So that game wasn't even close to being over. Uh, and Mahomes, he's special. I've talked about him. Yeah. He, you know, he's the best quarterback I've ever seen. Now, greatest quarterback, we'll see that. Like, you'll find that out over mm -hmm. time. You know, he's going to have to win more championships. Yeah. But just in the sense of what he does, like, from playing play, like, I can't think of another quarterback. I would like just be like, yeah, give me this guy over. Mahomes for a game. 
I mean, he, he's a scary guy. So, yeah, I think there was like damn near two minutes left on the clock when that Sanders throw happened. That's more than enough time for Mahomes. So I don't know how that game would have, would have ended. <laughs> oh, Sanders is my, one of my favorite players of all time. So that broke my heart, that game. Yeah. I just love that. I forget. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, uh, uh, Pittsburgh's right. legend. Yeah, Team Young Money. Are you kidding me? Yeah. All right. So So here we go. Uh, we're going to end with this. I'm going to get y'all predictions of this game, if, if you give it predictions, all right? So, again, we'll start. We got ladies first. I saw Melissa just kind of mummer something under her breath. How do you see this game playing out? Do you have a final? You don't have to have a score prediction, or you could say, hey, man, I think this team wins by this much or that much. Or, But how do you see this game playing out? Uh, I really hate saying this, but I believe it wholeheartedly. Steelers win this. Um, and I'm not just being biased. Steelers win this. And I feel like it's going to be like, I don't know, within a touchdown. Um, also, your kicker situation's real suspect. And yeah. so, I mean, that's frightening. So I definitely think it's at least or at most maybe by 10 points, seven or 10 points, uh, Steelers win. Um, Bosa's not going to be there. Let's just say it. He's not going to be there. Um, and if Bosa is there, do you does that worry you a little bit? Yeah, Bosa's there. It's it's by a score, so three or seven. But Bosa not being there, it's by ten or more. And it's my not brother keeps my, my brother keeps talking about some song that the Steelers play like before yeah. the game. Or Renegade. Something. Renegade. It's when we're on defense and we got to make a stop. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm so, excited about that. All yeah. right, so Melissa has Steelers winning this game by a score or more. Uh, depending on if Nick Bosa is playing or not. If he's playing, it's going to be a little tighter. But yeah. you think the kicker situation is suspect, so yeah. it might not matter if it's tighter because, I mean, and to be honest, I don't know who the hell is going to be kicking Sunday. <laughs> uh, and even if it is a rookie who's been hurt, he missed multiple kicks in the – You'll be there, Croc. You can kick. I can't – and I have my Crocs on right now that I kick with, so. Who um, drafted kicker third round? I know. I know. It was wild. <sighs> uh, Jared. How's this game going to play out? Oh, there we go. Steelers will win, if I'm predicting it. I'll say, let's see, the what? Two and a half point dogs. I'll have the win outright. I said under 41. So I will say somewhere in the range of like 21 17. Mm -hmm. Feels about right. I definitely see 17 in the score. Now, y'all do know, and again, just me playing devil's advocate, and I like when I have people from the other sure. side, all right? And Jared, Melissa, you guys have been awesome. Brock Purdy averaged like 33 points a game in his starts last year. So, like, projecting that he's only going to score 17, and I get it. I get I mean, your defense is 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 revamped. Um, they're going to be ready to go. I am scared as hell of T.J. Watt. But to predict – now, you could say the 49ers lose, but you're saying they're only going to score 17. I, I don't want to get too arrogant with that because I remember when um, in uh, – was it 2007, I want to say, and the, the the New England Patriots, they were undefeated, and they had like this crazy offense with yeah. Randy Moss. And I remember Tom Brady up there. I want to say maybe it was like Strahan had said something in the media like, oh, yeah, they're, they're only going to score 14 points or something. And they the, the media brought that up to Tom Brady. They were like, they were like hey, you know, Strahan or whoever it was, Justin Tuck, whoever, uh, O.C. is one of those guys, said that you're only going to score 17 points. And I remember Tom Brady was like, 17? <laughs> okay. Like, he kind of like scoffed at it. So I'm not going to scoff at you predicting 17 points, but I will say, a Purdy-led offense did average like 33 points a game. Yes. Bro, he ain't scoring 33 points every goddamn game. It, it'll he's, come down he's, to earth again eventually. He's not going to score 30-something this game, but he 20s. I'm like, I think the lowest is going to be either 17 or 21. I see 21. I see 27. I see those. I don't know. I'm going to give Brock a lot more credit. Just what we saw last year, but I think it's gonna be a lot higher. It's gonna be over forty-one. What, hey, uh, over under half an interception for Brock Purdy, Eric Crocker. I'm taking the over. Yeah, yeah. I'm also taking the over on on Kenny Pickett on the pick as well. So that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah, Minka Minka is gonna get an interception. If there's an accuracy issue with Brock, he's gonna pick that off. Yeah, and and Brock isn't. I don't think he's inaccurate. I think sometimes he just doesn't understand truly like some of his limitations throwing the ball 
And maybe he's trying to figure that out. Mm -hmm. But I think he might try to put the ball in some areas where it's like you probably shouldn't be trying to make this throw. And that's when Mika maybe could get him. Last five games of the season, if I'm not mistaken, Kenny Pickett only threw one interception compared to his first four throwing six. Mm -hmm. So just uh, keep that in mind. All right, here we go. We got Gammon in the chat. He says, let's put an end to all the cupcaking and hand-holding. Every person on the panel rank Purdy and Pickett from 1 to 32 stand up. I'm not ranking him from 1 to 32 because I don't know. Like, it's – I feel don't like – Don't worry, I will. Oh, okay, go ahead. Where you got him? Uh, so, actually – I think there was a report that came out that someone – and I don't know exactly who it was, but they had him – the number 32 out of all the starters yeah i'm not that low on him um so i do weekly quarterback rankings for uh behind the steel curtain on sb nation um and i start started that actually today uh in the inaugural rankings i have him 22 22 okay yep i'm gonna say i I think sam howell is gonna be higher I, there's just something about, I don't know. I want to see what um, Eric Bannamy does, but I think Sam Howell is going to be rated higher throughout this season than what people think. All right. So, so here's a question because you guys just ranked the 49ers quarterback. Where's Kenny Pickett in those rankings, Jared? I have him at 19. I have him. Yeah. Between 17 and 19. All right. Well, so, okay. Not just a few. And, and that could be flip flop based off of, Hey man, how do these guys start? And, and Jared, you're going to be doing that for what SB Nation you said? Every yeah, week? so that'll be, that'll be every week. Okay, that's not that's not bad. That's not bad. Where Again, do you have? Where do you know. have Brock Purdy? Where you have? Just give us something. Where's Brock? He's 22. Kenny's 19 as of right now. I would take Kenny over Brock right now. I would say I like that. Uh, I don't. I wouldn't say like, oh, you're wrong for that. That, that's, I, and that's that's the thing too. Like if somebody were to say, "Oh, I would take Brock over Kenny," I wouldn't argue too much either. Just yeah, if someone had that flipped, absolutely. If had that yep. flipped and you had Purdy at nineteen and uh, Pickett at twenty-two, I, I wouldn't would argue can, with that too much can, at all. I can see that yep. as well. I can see that. But, so. but Eric, where do you put Brock? Where do you put Brock? I'd have to really look at a list. I feel oh, like. stop it! No. Like here, here let, let me let me give you like a Brock or this guy, Brock Purdy or Daniel Jones. Okay, here's the tough thing with any quarterback that you name. I it's hard for me. I I, I have to envision them in the 49ers offense. Like that really changes a lot. And I would have to envision Brock Purdy in someone else's offense. And what does that look like? Like, I don't know if I want to know what Purdy would look like in what the Giants have traditionally been over the last few years. Right. Right. Now, Daniel Jones last year, you saw him take a huge step forward. And maybe it was just as simple as, hey, we got this new coordinator. A huge step forward is a large overreaction for what Daniel Jones was. Correct. Last year. He never should have gone. He that took quarterback. a step forward. A step forward, yes. Oh, he was terrible. Like he was he was bad. Yeah, he, he had was, open yeah. fields and he fell down going into the end zone. He's just I, I agree. A disaster. I, I'm not a I'm not he a ran for like eight hundred yards. That's why I say it. Yeah. He, he ran for like seven hundred yards or, or something like that last year. Like so he's athletic, but I do see the ability. I, I see, you know, he can make the throws and stuff like that. I feel like he – they did a really good job of resetting his – like the ghost that he was seeing. Typically, when you are playing for a poor organization, like a, a team that's doing bad, right, and you don't have weapons and it's all on you and Saquon's hurt and it's just like every week I'm going out there. You create so many bad habits, and we saw this with Sam Darnold. It's, it's easy now. Oh, Sam Donald, he's a bust, blah, blah, or any quarterback, right? But their circumstances matter. Absolutely. And Daniel Jones, the circumstances were terrible. And then last year, you saw them start – they put some pieces around them. He got a new uh, head coach slash coordinator and Brian Dayball who was like, hey, we're going to do these things. We're going to put you in a, a better situation. Then they added more, and they looked better in the like, preseason. I, if – if you're telling me, hey, you can take Daniel Jones and plug him in, like this version of him, into the 49ers offense, it's hard because I've seen Purdy in the 49ers offense, but I might take Daniel Jones over over him in the 49ers offense. No, yeah, that's fair. What are you doing? <laughs> really? Yeah. It, Melissa's like, what? Like, yeah, I mean. Probably not. You don't think so? No, I don't. I mean, I know he's had to be mobile for them. He's had to do a lot, but he's had to do everything. He had number one defense in the NFL. He have. I mean, he had to do everything just to right. try to stay afloat. But I would. And he won a playoff game. Like, and then not saying it was all on him, but like to beat 
a really good Minnesota Vikings team. Like that was a lot. Yeah. That was a lot. I would rather plug, and this is actually a really bad example, but I would rather plug Mac Jones into the 49ers um offense than Daniel no. Jones. See, well, well, I'm taking I'm actually taking uh, Brock Purdy over Mac Jones. I, I yeah, agree. Never. Yeah. I'm just talking about Daniel Jones. I wouldn't want to put him in your offense. Like I've, you had to put someone else. I would put like someone like Mac Jones, who we didn't see a lot from um, in instead of Daniel Jones, you got to keep Brock Purdy, you know? And I, I don't know. That was a tough one. Yeah. It's tough. It, Cause I always just look at like, man, I can only imagine this guy in the 49ers office. Like that's the, that's the one thing I think. And I see like, the way that Brock Purdy super functional in the offense, he did a really good job of just being able, you know, seize the field well, move the sticks. But we are still leaving some meat on the bones. Like we're we're leaving some meat on the bones. So, and that's can not I, anything like he's he's solid. Obviously, I'm thinking like in a perfect world, like can I have this type of quarterback? Like, of course, you'd be like, yeah, I would like that. But like, oh well, it's not perfect world. Yeah, Brock Purdy. How do you like him in the offense? He's terrific. Can I ask you a really quick question? I know you have to go, but um, would you want Tua in your offense? Because there's a lot of people that are pro Tua and still don't take him seriously. Do you think that he's earned to be taken seriously? I would. Well, okay, again, if we're going to ask who I would rather have in my offense, I'd probably take Brock Purdy over Tua. Okay, there you go. That Okay, because a lot of people are Tua is going to be top five. Their team is going to be top five. I, I still don't see it. Um, and so that's why I was wondering who would you really take? Would you take Tua over Brock? Yeah, um, I'm still no, 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 I'm taking Brock. Yeah, for sure. Okay, interesting. Yeah, so do you Brock. really think do you think Chargers are going to beat Miami then on Sunday? Uh, one game I can't decide. I really like Mike McDaniel as a head coach. Um, but I, if everybody's healthy, because remember, I mean, the thing that the Chargers deal with the most their defensive guys are just hurt. Their receivers are just hurt. So if you're going into that game and you're telling me that Allen, Allen, uh, uh, Keenan Allen, he's going to be there. He's good. Uh, oh. Williams, he's good. Eckler, he's good to go. Um, you know, they, got the rookie out of, they got the second year or rookie out of TCU, you know, receiver. Like, he's good to go. And then Bosa, good to go. Derwin James, good to go. Yeah, I'm taking the Chargers. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. There's just a lot of they, they beat them last year with a lot of their backups in, too. So, all right, we got uh, Nana Gang Tay here. He says, All I got to say is CMC, Debo, and Ayukin. Yep. Let's go. Let's yep. go. We got Steve here says 28 12 Niners. I'm not gonna lie. Again, what? I, I, I it, first of all, that matches the under that Jared predicted. predicted. Sure does. Uh, but I could, I, if, if, if it played out that way and Nick Bosa's out there, I could see that happening. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I, I mean, there's a world where that definitely could happen. Yeah, Bosa's not going to be in. Can you just listen? They're going to pay him the highest amount for a non QB in the history of the league. They're not going to put him in. They'll have limited counts, not limited. And so, even with limited, that's still not going to help him. Like, come on. You know, they're not going to put him in if they're going to make him the highest paid non QB. There's no way. He has not practiced since January. He's probably telling them, hey, I'm ready no. to go. No, TJ Watt, Watt came in on two days notice and got two sacks against the Bills. I'm not worried about it. And then he tore his peck. And then he tore his peck that day. Ooh. It, was the, it, was, it, was, it was the next year because he came in. I no. did look it up. It was the 2021. No. I looked it up. He got the extension in 2021. All no. right, here we go. We got Keith Murphy, the unbeaten here. He says 13 seconds was 2022. Had to fact check you. Uh, I think that's what I said. I said the next year. So 2000. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's the 2021 season, but the 2022 AFC title. What? Or AFC okay, that, that still is over. Because I was thinking 2000, 2019 was Super Bowl year, and then the game was played in 2020. Yeah. And it was so like – The playoff game was played in 2022, but it was the 2021 season. Gotcha. gotcha. What are we talking about? What game? Mahomes and uh, Josh Allen. Oh, that was that one where they scored within like 25 seconds. Yeah, 13 seconds. That's what I was talking about. Like they're just that was a heartbreaker. Yeah, it definitely was for me. But that was an amazing game. All right, here we go. Then the last one we got Gammon Brown. He says, Whose weapons are better? Brock or Pickett? If they swap weapons, who is the better quarterback? So essentially he's saying, 
would the Steelers be better off if I said, all right, you guys can have George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Christian McCaffrey, and we'll take some combination of Jalen Warren and <laughs> Najee Harris. Um, first, okay, I'm not even going to read it all off. Kyle would not like uh, George Pickens because he doesn't create a lot of separation and you have to he just doesn't. like count on him just making an amazing catch at the catch point, which he does, but the Steelers don't care if there's separation or not. They're going to try They're going to throw him the ball downfield. I think Kyle would like Deontay Johnson a lot. I think he'd like uh, Fryermuth a lot as well. Deontay, um, Deontay is the best receiver on the roster when it comes to just creating space, natural right. separator, really good route runner. George Pickens isn't a very great route runner, but he'll turn a 50-50 ball into a 70-30 ball. And that's what he's there for. So I get it. Really yeah. quick, because I want to make sure that this is made known. Um, TJ Watt got his extension September 9th, 2022, and he got injured September 11th, 2022. The, so, no, the extension kicked in 2022. They agreed to it the year prior. He was on his rookie deal. He didn't practice that whole offseason, and then he signed two days before week one, and then he tore it that day. So that's what I'm saying is that's why I'm a little worried, throwing someone here who hasn't had drills because you could get injured, and he did. Jerry's looking it up now, too. No, they, okay. he got the extension 2021. Listen, it didn't go into effect until no, 2022. I'm reading it. I'm reading it word for word. He got it signed on the 9th, 2022, and then he played – uh, September 11, 2022. In September 2021, TJ Watt became the highest paid defensive player in the history of the league by signing a four-year extension. Yeah, you're reading when the article $112 million. You were reading when the article When he won the posted. honor of the Defensive Player of the Year in 2021, the hefty contract was justified as showed the Steelers wanted to keep Watt in the franchise for longer. Eric, look it up. No, you're, that was in the article. No. All right, hold on. Keith Murphy says, really good Vikings team is a stretch crocker. I thought the Vikings, weren't they like, didn't they win like 13 games last year? Yeah, but I mean, it's 11 one score games, man. They're, they're not going to win 11 one score. Okay. Games I mean, I don't know. I see 13 wins. It's hard to win in the NFL. You got like 13 wins. To the me, Lions, that's, a, that's a pretty good season. The, the Lions. I like, I like the addition of Brian Flores as a defensive coordinator. I think that's going to be a really good thing for them. It's going to be a big change in philosophy for them, too, from Ed Donatel being very conservative. I think Brian Flores is going to have a lot more aggressiveness. So that'll be fun. All right, here we go. We got Steve. He says D line rotates Bosa. Or not, uh, BA and Debo will be the focus. Christian McCaffrey and Mitchell, more decoy role, roles, but have big runs and check down passes. And I think Mitchell, we haven't talked about him, but uh, Mitchell is he, he's Eli, right? Yeah, he just needs to stay healthy. He just he needs to stay healthy. You have another run. Oh, no, that's the Chargers. Never mind. I was like, there's another running back. Yeah, if Eli stays healthy, that helps. He's a good player. Gammon says we aren't done until the chat says we're done. We are done. All right, man. But anyways, uh, thank you everybody for yeah. tuning in. Melissa, Jared, man, I really appreciate y'all coming on. I actually have uh, another Steelers person coming on for tomorrow's show, uh, and we're talking specifically receivers with my guy Jasper Rose, my guy Josh Harper. We're diving into the receivers, the pass catchers on both of these teams. But uh, that's gonna do it for this episode. Again, if you haven't already, make sure you like and subscribe this video. But until next time, I'm out. Peace. Thanks.